0: Do you want to go to rugby
1: heaven? Let's go back to 1987 with Squidge, with Squidge. Let's go back to 87 with Squidge.
0: Hello and welcome to the 1987 Squidge Rugby World Cup Retrospective. The first podcast ever, because it is coming to you directly, from 1987. The year is 1987, my name is Robbie or Squidge or Summit, and I am joined right now, live, by Willowin' again. And I've hyphenated my name so it's got again in it. Uh, in my 1987 form, uh, like you, hmm. you're legally now called Robbie or Squidge or whatever you want to call me, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is that is um, that is going to be on my birth certificate when I'm born in eight years time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm yeah. born in ten years time. Just oh, under, given cute. this World Cups in what May. So yeah, yes, yeah. I've got a month or so to go beyond this. Uh, I want to apologise firstly. I'm in quite an echoey room. If that does come across, hopefully I've done everything I can to try and cancel that out, but. That may be the case. Do you know what you should do? You should become a duck. Because mm. ducks quacks don't echo. I've really tried that. Right, okay. I worked really, really hard on that. Yeah. yeah. I lived in Derby and Nottinghamshire for most of my life. Ah, um, that's quite in good. In order to buy into the fact that everyone calls you duck yeah, that's there. quite good. And yet yeah, it hasn't really worked. No. I've considered joining the hockey team from the film The Mighty Ducks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I'm not good enough at hockey to be on a hockey team. If only it was lacrosse. I know, I know. Have I told my lacrosse story? Yeah, you have, yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm inexplicably excellent at lacrosse, but I've only ever played it once, for anyone that is um, wondering. Yeah. So, sadly, we're not doing a lacrosse podcast, nor playing lacrosse right now, contrary to popular belief. Mm. Uh, i also want to apologize i think you can pick it up in the background the bell chiming because i am near a massive clock i was wondering what that was and it's just turned seven o'clock as we're recording yeah yeah so in an hour's time you're going to hear that again and you can be able to tell how much has been cut out of the podcast it's by true how long has passed between those bells chiming and the That's next true clock. you get you get a view into my editing world yeah, how long has been lost? How long has been cut out of this podcast about Romania against Zimbabwe, the second game of the nineteen eighty seven Rugby World Cup? So we had the first game, which we covered in last week's episode or the previous episode, which was New Zealand New Zealand against Italy. That game ended up being a bit of a blowout. Yeah, this is the second game took place the following morning, also in Eden Park in the same stadium. Mm. as it deserves. And yeah, we talked last time about how. <laughs> Not many people turned up to watch that game because kickoff was at three pm on a Friday afternoon, yeah yeah, and they decided this time to really just double down, and even fewer people turned up to see this kickoff, at, I think one p.m. you would on see maybe afternoon. couples of people dotted about the the stadium, mm. in a, in a way, but like so, the commentator predicted just under two thousand people attended. On ESPN Scrum yeah. it says four thousand attended. When you looked mm. at it on the cameras, it looked like about thirty-seven people attended. So at this point, um, Eden Park was about a forty thousand seater stadium, right. and so they were quite well spread out. So I can believe yeah. that about ten percent is that full. makes sense. I think about four, three to four thousand is probably. I particularly what my enjoy when you see people sat at the back of the stadium. Like no, nobody's mm. checking that your that your seat number. Allocated, is is the correct one. Just go sit at the front, man. Like it's fine. No, I mean we saw the security last time. They let a dog on. The That's pitch. True. Like, they're not checking anything at this. Very world good cap. point. So, so when it comes to us preparing for this podcast, you mm. have a spreadsheet of all of the games written on them. Yes, which is you know a big part of how we decide guests and timings and rec- recording circumstances and so on. And when we first drew this up to play nineteen eighty seven. I immediately my eyes were drawn to Romania pipping Zimbabwe, and for a long time now I've been excited to see what the hell happens in this game. <laughs> so it, to, to spoil it, Romania twenty-one, Zimbabwe twenty. So it's a it's a tight game, and I've never seen Zimbabwe play a rugby match like uh, on a big stage. before I've seen them play games like uh, kind of African nations World cups World and fighting. stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen them do that bits and bobs. Admittedly, probably only once or twice mm. in recent years, but. I've not seen a big... Because, like, I mean, let's face it, this is one of the biggest games in the history of yeah. Zimbabwean rugby that we're we're talking about here uh, in, on this podcast. So I was excited to see that. I was excited to see what Zimbabwean rugby looks like. It's pretty mad, isn't it? Yeah. And now, it's funny you should say that because I thought, right, it's worth doing some research into Zimbabwean rugby because you say I... Not something I was massively knowledgeable no, about. No, no, So I... Firstly looked up, right, so this was only a few years after they became Zimbabwe. The country mm. became Zimbabwe. Yes. They started off playing rugby as Southern Rhodesia, right. uh, then just Rhodesia. Right. You know, they, they, became just, they played under the Rhodesian Rugby Football Union. Mm-hmm. They, in 1980, were renamed the Zimbabwe Rugby Union. And the other thing that happened at that time, right, and you wouldn't necessarily know it by looking at the, the team as they ran out, was they integrated the teams. Because prior to that, there was a separate te- represented, like national team for black people and a separate team for right. white people. Right, okay. And so from 1980 was the first time they allowed mixed-coloured teams. Right, OK. Because I'd seen... That, so the commentators mentioned at one point that Richard Simba, who was the outside centre for Zimbabwe, mm. was the first ever black player to represent Zimbabwe yeah. in Rugby Union, uh, which is, you know, an impressive feat. And yeah. it's, it's pretty good. But this was the thing. like They nominated the white team as the national team, so right. only the white players got caps, right. even though they had a separate team for non-white people. I see. Because, yeah. hey... It was massively racist. Yeah. (laughs) Rugby, it's just really different. So, yeah, Richard Zemba was the standout player. He was the only non white player on this team. And he really, he kind of, having read that story directly before watching this game, he sticks out a bit. Yeah. Because I was expecting far more when they talked about having made a big deal out of integrating the teams. I didn't have context of him or anything Mm. going into this. So, it was a bit different for me. But there's a point early in the second half where I just write my notes like, Sim, this Simba lad's actually quite good, isn't he? And then, you know, he he does a few good we, runs not only yeah. afterwards. I then found out he was actually inducted into the IRB Hall of Fame in, yeah. in about 2007, eight ish It kind of reflects, and the commentators talk about him as like this with world-class talent that, you know, it doesn't quite have the team to back him up, but has the potential to go a long way, you know? And he, you know, he was quite a good player from what we can tell. Yeah, absolutely. So he was kind of one of the real standouts if you look at that Zimbabwe team. Yeah. There's, you know, a few more. Mark Neal is the other kind of standout player. Yeah, so he's massive. So he's 17 stone and, and has a turn of pace. Yeah, and was what, six uh, foot three? I think they said he was yeah so the commentator introduces him by saying apparently they have got a big and dynamic number eight yes i also wrote this down because uh he says the word apparently lets it slip that he's hmm. probably not seen him play before. hey no dramas that's fine he's done his research yeah. that's that's what matters but then as soon as the ball is kicked at the start of the game he suddenly just makes out that he's seen neil play a hundred times before and <laughs> yeah. talks about oh that's typical of neil that's just the way he plays He does say right at the start as well. I don't think many people watch. I don't think many of these Romanian players will mean anything to anyone in New Zealand. Yes, I heard that as well. And then he he sort of name dropped that they've got a couple of Granny Gate style players, haven't they? But Mm. I couldn't figure out who because all of the names are very convincingly Romanian. So I don't know if somebody's maybe changed their name to sound more Romanian so they can play on the national team. I don't know what's gone on there, but he he kind of implied that a few of these players are probably New Zealanders or have played rugby in New Zealand and have just gotten mm. an easy no, into the national um, team no they'd played they'd Romania had toured New Zealand a few years earlier oh is that what um, oh right okay yeah I, and I so couldn't they'd done a long I tour. couldn't get that out from what um, he was saying they drew with the junior All Blacks 10 all yes back. yes so that was kind of this was actually I mean we're jumping around we'll come back to my Zimbabwe sure, facts yeah. later this is probably the all-time best Romanian team right yeah this is probably the best the best team in they've theme. ever had yeah in theory, yeah yes. so it's an interesting time for romania in general because yeah. it was 2 years before the romanian revolution right. which took place in 1989 yeah. uh, so romania at the time was like a mis- it was essentially a police state you know there right. was essentially nothing you could yeah, do yeah, yeah. and like basically any entertainment was state sanctioned so like rugby right. i think it probably led to rugby being strong because it was one of like six sanctioned right. activities you yeah, could do outside yeah. you know yeah. and at this point marius tinker was only 9 years old so you <laughs> yes. know it made it a lot harder for them there's probably people that know far more about the Romanian Revolution than me having read up on it Sure, yeah, that are screaming at that and saying that's completely wrong yeah. and I apologise. But yeah, so it was a really interesting time for Romania. It was just before a time of massive political upheaval about two years right, later. Okay. But right, in the five years prior to this World Cup, the five years immediately beforehand, Romania had beaten Wales, they'd beaten France, they'd beaten Scotland and they'd beaten Italy three oh, times. Oh wow, okay, this is a genuinely good team then. Like, yep. Obviously in comparison with the rest of the world. Exactly, and they went on to beat all four of those again between 1987 and. Oh Michael wow! Okay, so so like it was. This is the best, strongest team then, Romania ever like, had. Yeah, yeah. You know, if Twitter existed at this point, you'd imagine people <laughs> would be calling for them to be in the Six Nations. Mm. Imagine if Twitter did exist at this point. Yeah. No, but I think Romania at this time were kind of the equivalent of Argentina I at see. the minute. Yeah, you know, of like they're not expected to win anything, but if they did sure. cause an upset, it wouldn't be. As upset, you know, sure. as grand. The commentators did say at some point they were expecting Romania to potentially reach the quarterfinals. Yeah, they said there's a lot of our European like, colleagues yes. are saying they could cause an upset. Yeah. So yeah, so this was the second most points in this World Cup that Romania have ever scored in the World Cup. To 2003, where they scored four points more and they played an extra game. Wow. So, you know, as I said, this is a good... A good Romanian team. Yeah, yeah. And we don't really see that at first. Which is also mental but, because there's four points for a try at this point as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you were scoring fewer points for, you know, when you scored. Yeah. Whereas Zimbabwe, I guess this is also part of their kind of... Well, no, this is one of two golden generations they had. Right, yeah. Um, you know, if them getting to this World Cup and then they qualify for the following World Cup afterwards sure. as well. yeah. But beyond that, beyond the fact they've played in two Rugby World Cups, I want to know what you know about Zimbabwe in rugby. Uh, Not much at all. I mean, I, I've, I learned a little bit through the game about the players that they mm. have available to them and that it seemed they didn't have a coach at this point. <laughs> what? The, the, Are they the Osprey? So it looked like... Mm. So at, to skip ahead, there was a post-match interview where there was the Romanian captain stood next to the Romanian manager mm. uh, who was in a suit and tie and everything and gave a little bit of a, a response to the interview. Mm. Zimbabwe had nobody and on the pitch... At half-time, uh, instead of going into the tunnels, they, the teams just mm. stayed out. Romania had somebody come on to give the team's advice. Zimbabwe had a monsieur come out. And nobody wow, okay. nobody come on to give them advice. So I can't figure out whether or not they had a coach. They have a man called Brian Murphy listed as their coach. Right, okay. Uh, Maybe he was absent. Maybe he was on Murphy. leave. Maybe they just made a name up. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't actually exist. Possible. Maybe he's just Andy Ferreira, their fullback in a hat. Yes, we'll and come he, on to him. He's fun. He yes. He he puts on a fedora. Ferreira in a fedora, yeah. and he becomes Brian Murphy. Yeah, he's leading his interesting double life. So right, I have two rounds here. Yeah, I have first five facts about Romanian rugby, and I want you to tell them. whether... No, sorry, Zimbabwe rugby. Yeah, I want you to tell me whether the. I want you to tell me whether they're true or false. Okay, right. And then I have a list of players, and I want you to tell me whether they're qualified for Zimbabwe or not. Okay. okay. Qualified Either. for rather than played yes. for? Oh, okay. So qualified for. I see where this is going. Okay. So we're going to start. True or false? Zimbabwe once fielded a player called Magic Johnson. False. False, yep. Uh, Magic Johnson... The uh, NBA player never played for Zimbabwe no. in a qualifying match for the 2003 World Cup. Zimbabwe once fielded a full backline who all lived in the same house. False. False. Probably. I, yeah. I had a look at two of their game. I had a look at two of their qualifying games uh, out of four and checked that at least two of the players were married. So I assume they didn't. Live <laughs> the so we're assuming <laughs> that's false, but it's not provable. Yeah. Very full house and very good sitcom to be written if it was. Yes. That's a good point. Zimbabwe have beaten the All Blacks. True or false? True. True. They mentioned it on Zim- the commentary. Zimbabwe, as Southern Rhodesia, beat the All Blacks. Which is pretty they've cool. They beat the All Blacks and they've drawn with the All Blacks as well. Yeah, on the same day, apparently. No, it was the same week. Oh, the same week. Uh, okay. Same yeah. week. Yeah, so they've, they've got a better record against the All Blacks than Scotland. That's incredible. And, you know, better record against than against Ireland until about 2014. Wow. So- That's remarkable. <laughs> It's, yep. I'm three from three so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing pretty well. Uh, they're nicknamed the Bold Antelopes. That's not true. It's <laughs> not true. Uh, do you want to guess what the nickname is? I, I saw it earlier and I can't remember what it was. It begins with Nest, doesn't it? Uh, the Sables. Sables, yeah. Sables. Three brothers, Daniel, Doland and Douglas, Donald, sorry, Donald. Daniel, Donald and Douglas Hondo all played both cricket and rugby for Zimbabwe. I believe that's true. That is false. Donald only played cricket. Ah. But the other two played both rugby ah, and Okay, that's that's close enough. That's They've good. got a long history of, of this kind of thing. Uh, yeah. So we briefly mentioned uh, Andy Ferreira. Yes. So his profession was, he's a professional tennis player. <laughs> he's a professional tennis player. And like, When you look it up, there's no proof of his tennis right. career. Right, <laughs> so I looked this up to, to see if I could find yeah. anything. And I absolutely couldn't. So it's an interesting thing that I kind of overlooked on our first episode of this podcast. But all of these players will have jobs. So, yes. you you know, we will have done it in our 2011 series where you go, oh, this guy looks like he works in IT or something. Whereas in this World Cup, it might actually be the case that the guy works in IT. But yeah. this guy, Andy Ferreira worked as his his job was professional tennis player. Do you remember that, that episode in the IT crowd where uh, Moss pretends yes. he's a professional tennis player, right? I know the IT crowd aged very poorly, you know, uh, it's not a great yeah. reference. But it seems like something he's made up and told the commentary team is to see if they've fallen for it. And so I, I did write this down somewhere that they say he's not got a lot of prowess in tennis, but he did take <laughs> the Zimbabwe national team to Germany the other year. What does that mean? Like, A, do you have teams in tennis? Do you have national teams? I thought it was an individual or 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 double sport. Is it like the Olympic team? Maybe, but to Germany, what's going on in Germany? Is it like the Tennis World Cup? Is it like the Olympics? Is it just like, oh, we're going to go to Germany on a lad's holiday? What does it mean? (laughs) I I hope it was. I hope that was exactly, exactly what went on. It It could have been like the World Cup of the worst sports people Right, so they, they hadn't there wasn't a I just checked, there wasn't an Olympics in Germany around this time. Right. It didn't happen. It wasn't that. What happened to tennis in Germany? They didn't elaborate. They didn't <laughs> say this competition in Germany. They just said he took them to Germany.
1: Was so he, he just, just there like, right, lads, this holiday's on me? Them.
0: Takes his bank card out and he's just like, Germany's on me, fellas. <laughs> he just kidnapped them, ran off, yeah. hope for the best. Yeah. They just went. In his little hat, he, he put his hat on, became a professional tennis player. He's Mr. Ben, that's what I've decided. Yes. Andy Ferreira is Mr. Ben. Yeah, that's a reference for British people over 50. currently competing with a Dolmio man for fullback of the tournament. <laughs> so, should we continue to look at the Zimbabwe team? No, no, firstly, let's look at the team they could have had since. Oh, okay, okay. of course, yes. So a speed round, right? Yeah. I want you to very quickly tell me whether these current or former, they're all fairly recent players, yeah. are qualified for Zimbabwe. Yeah, okay. Right? So they could have played for Zimbabwe if they wanted to. Yeah, okay. Okay. We're going to start with Dave Ewers. Yes, he's Zimbabwean, I know it for a fact. Zimbabwe is qualifying. qualified, yes. Uh, Sebastian Negri. Uh, yes, I believe he is. He was born in Zimbabwe, yeah. Hoskins Tutu. No. False, correct. Uh, David Pocock. Correct, yeah. Yep, also uh, Zimbabwean. Uh, Tendai Tauriwa. Yes. Yep. Lionel Cronier. Uh, no. Yep, correct. Uh, Puman Sledgwick. Doesn't exist. <laughs> correct. Brian Majati. Yes. Uh, Nick Frisbee, but not before the adopted parents rule came in last year. Uh, I didn't know he was adopted. I'm guessing he's not. This is false. <laughs> it's false. Nick Frisbee grew up with his birth parents, as far as he knows, yeah. um, <laughs> in Australia. <laughs> uh, Julian Ray. Uh no, no. But I wish he was, so he could have played in rugby. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Godwin. No. Kyle Godwin is Zimbabwe no! qualified. Yep. And he's uncapped, right? Yeah, yeah. So- Australian utility back, Kyle Godwin. Why the hell aren't he's It's seventh for Australia, though, so we oh, might have okay. to loophole it Okay, fair enough. But still, but you should go for. He's Zimbabwe qualified. They could have had him. Uh, Joey Carberry. No. <laughs> no, he's not. Uh, where's Hooson Uh, no. No, you're correct. Uh, Andy Marianos. No, yes, he is. No way. Andy Marianos is Zimbabwean. Wow. Uh, Kai Horseman. Former Wales prop. Kai Horseman. I'm going to go no. He is qualified as Zimbabwean. Wow. For okay. Okay. I'm kind of guessing so no on everybody here, but what a what a team they yeah. could have had. Mike what Williams is another together. one you could have put out. Mike He's Zimbabwean. Of course. Of course. Yeah, Leicester yeah. Tigers former. Second row flanker. I don't know where he actually plays now. Um, I can't remember. Yeah. I think he's still on the Prem somewhere, but I've forgotten. Craig Brown, their fly-off from 1987. Yes, of course. Could yeah, yeah. In. That's a good segue, okay? Because, so he's he's 19 years old at this point. They pick mm. him at fly-off. They put him straight in the deep end, and this is his debut. No, it's not. It's his third cap. Third he cap. Played against, he played against Portugal. In oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, played home so they had, had one debutant called Pete Colbach on the right wing. Mm who seems a bit bored at points through this game. But otherwise, you know, the, the team just kind of fills itself out. There's a lot of players who you look at here and you don't really remember them from the match we've just watched. Should we Should we go on to Romania? So, yes, yeah, so I, I guess you've ran through most of the team. Uh, the other guy I want to pick up is uh, Eric Barrett on the other wing. Yes. Who... I laughed when I heard the word Eric Barrett because it sounded like someone had made of another Barrett brother. Yeah, 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 hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like that—that that sounds feasibly like that could have been Bowden's un- uncle. You know, like exactly. And it did—it so- does sound funny that somebody would say that. Like, oh yeah, his uncle actually played for Zimbabwe. Funnily enough. So, yeah. do you know Eric Barrett's story? No. Eric Barrett had retired from rugby two years prior to this. World oh game. wait, yes, yes, I do know what you're about to say. But carry he- on. Retired from rugby two years prior to this World Cup, he was on the Zimbabwe Selection Committee to select the squad for this World Cup, at which point he decided, no, I want to play in this World Cup and told all the other selectors, I want to play, I'm going to start playing again. Played three matches for his local club and got select. He resigned from the selection committee, but he also got to select the person that replaced him. Yeah, and he then got picked for the national team by all his mates, having played three games in two years. Incredible, because like clearly, he he was just picking the teams and just constantly just thinking. None of our wingers are any good. I want to pick myself. (laughs) And just and just then resigned from there, so he looked honourable and just got straight in the team. Thought, you know, thinking I could do better than them, and he looks old. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? I I don't know how old he actually was at this point, but mm. let's have a look. So he's seventy now. So oh right, so yeah, he was in his late thirties at this point. He was thirty six in this thirty six. He got himself called up. Yeah, wow. there's a bizarre statistic that they give. I mean, there's two bizarre things they say about the teams when they're reading them out of the Mm start, the commentators. Uh, One is they give the most unusual statistic I've ever heard, that interestingly, all of this Romanian team have at least three caps. (laughs) (laughs) That is such a good stat. Which is is not an interesting statistic. (laughs) And then they say a very conservative selection by Zimbabwe. They've only put in one man for his debut. Yeah, yeah. This is this is a World Cup match. Yeah, exactly. They've like, just played warm ups against Portugal. It's a surprise when somebody does make their debut in the World Cup. Let alone and like they constantly referred back to how experienced the Romanian team was. Like yeah, realistically, but okay. they've got all got these free caps. All of them. Every I mean, their world. halfbacks had, I think, thirty to forty caps each, which was a lot at this point, especially for hmm. a team like Romania. But like, it didn't seem like. Their selling point was their maturity, Romania. <laughs> no, no, so very let's, much let's not. talk about the Romanian team. So they've got. Sure. So their uh, Parashiev is their halfback. So their number nine is their captain, mm. who is partnered by Dimitru Alexandru, who had about forty. I think he said it was a forty-third cap, and he was actually quite good. You know, like he had a decent mm. boot on him. Their number eight called Christian Raducanu, who was again quite a big bloke. Normally a second row. I looked him up but was playing number eight here. Mm-hmm. And then an interesting selection at fullback, Marcel Twader, uh, which is spelt Toda. Yes. So have you also looked him up? No, no, I've not. Oh, he's a fascinating character. Okay. So Marcel Twader is a mass, or was a massive celebrity in Romania. Wow, okay. Yeah. Uh, so he is considered like an all-time 15 player for Romania. Okay. like. Okay. Incredibly good. Played an awful lot for them at the time and was very, very good. Okay. But he then... Wouldn't get it from this game. No. At the time in this World Cup, he was married to a very famous singer in Romania. Okay. They then got divorced after he tried to embezzle her out of uh, 40 grand. Oh my God. Like he's, <laughs> yep. Uh, and she was like, I don't like that. I'm getting divorced. Yeah, 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 yeah. He went on to get married a grand total of six times. Wow. Right? And he died when he was 54. Wow, another there was a rumor that went around that he beat one of his wives, but the wife has you know denies it right okay but she did say no, but he did emotionally abuse me um, Jesus Christ uh, one of his wives holds it who was a is like was a famous TV presenter in um Romania right okay holds him responsible for a miscarriage right. because of the amount of stress and pressure. Oh, my God. (laughs) He put her under for it to be a boy. Jesus Christ. Yeah, and was an incredibly successful businessman outside of that. Or so they thought. But in his last sort of 10 years, every project he started went under. Uh, And his son, Maximilian uh, Toder, was left with so much debt when he died that transferred to him that he's basically spent his entire life trying to work it off. Oh, my God. And his son's, like, minorly famous in Romania, apparently. That's awful. But basically, yeah, like, does loads of stuff to try and work it off. And had to sell basically everything his dad owned in order to cover most of it. I'm quite glad I didn't Google him. Before the yeah, I, I, there's I lot. I did Google Christian Radicanu and the, he's got an interesting Wikipedia page. I don't know if you went as far as him. No. But it's, it's talking about how he defected from Romania at the age of 22 when he was off what? in Edinburgh. Yeah. I'll read this out for you. Raducanu mm. defected from Romania at the age of 22 while in Edinburgh. On the same day, he played his last international. He said that he made a spur-of-the-moment decision asking a passing policeman for a political asylum after dodging <sighs> team security to walk out of a post-match banquet. So this is the number eight? Yes. This is the policeman eight. thought that he was drunk. <laughs> he's also enormous yeah can you imagine being that standard beat cop who has yeah. an enormous romanian man come up to you and say right can i please have like, political asylum <laughs> i want out you know i yeah i'm done yeah yeah so there's a there's there's a whole section in christian raducanu's wikipedia page about defection mm. and let me tell you it is the <laughs> biggest section of his wikipedia yeah. page have you got it open now
1: no no, 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 no. Go
0: on, tell me everything. Oh, okay. oh the, tell me everything the, about the, Christian who and his plenty, defection mate. to Scotland. Could he have sevens loophole? It. Uh, I don't know, mate. I don't know. But it says his move came soon after that of his compatriot Nadia Comanesi and less than a fortnight before the overthrow of Nikolai. This Zeshai-shi. would have been. A couple of years later at the his home country. revolution, I'm assuming. Right, yeah. As okay. I was mentioning, it was a massive turn of like political people yeah. right after this World Cup. He soon uh, obtained his release from the RRF, Romanian Rugby Federation, allowing him to play in competitions organised by the Scottish Rugby Union. RRF right. officials also announced that around that time, they would not object to him playing again for his country, while Raducanu lined up an opportunity to play for the Scottish Boromir oh. Club. Later accounts of Radicani's defection suggested a more sensational uh, sequence of events, for which the Glasgow Herald journalist Alistair Reid provided an analogy. If John le Carré had tried to Mm -hmm. write an Ealing comedy script, he would have struggled to come up with a combination of intrigue and slapstick as compelling. (laughs) <laughs> There's a description. I want a massive deep dive on Christian Raducanu. Yeah, yeah. Well, Remaining of Future Games, we need to get even we'll further co- into We'll this. come back to this. We'll come back to this. Okay. There is another paragraph, a long paragraph on Raducanu's defection, but I think we'll come back to this at a later okay. point. Okay. I want to hear everything. Because I want to know his, so much his about His Wikipedia this page is pretty fascinating, so... Yeah. God, and I was stuck on the. We each looked at one Romanian, and I ended up looking up the womanising man who caused the miscarriage. Right, yeah. And you got the bloody spy movie. He now, he, he now works selling solid wood furniture. <laughs> so, on our previous series of this podcast, well, the, the first mm. series of the 2011 World Cup, the second game also involved Romania, and it also mm. involved a number eight and solid wood furniture. Assembling wooden So, furniture. Daniel Carpo assembling a table. Pre-match was yes. part of the build-up on your Romanian yes. coverage of the game. Yeah. So we have somehow on episode two of both series, the Squidge Rugby World Cup retrospective, ended up with Romanian number eight building solid wood furniture. Someday we're going to get to 2019. The only World Cup Romania aren't in, and we're going to need to find a way to shoehorn into yeah. Romanian number Mihaly eight making wood chairs.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I can't wait. Okay, so the teams run out for the game itself. Yes, Um, and the commentators, the commentator says this is a huge moment for the Zimbabwe team. It's the first time they've been to New Zealand. Yes, (laughs) not they're playing in a in like the the second ever World Cup game game. they've ever played. Yeah, yeah, like like. I mean, yeah, a lot of people will be watching rugby for the first time or second time at this point. Mm. And Zimbabwe, you know, it's it's a huge step up for them to, to yeah. be on the world stage, to be to play, be playing a game in a tournament significant enough that you know, like thirty years later, people talk about it on a stupid dumb podcast when podcasts didn't exist for another twenty years. <laughs> but then so Zimbabwe then ran out. Uh, interesting stat as well. Three uh, out of the four captains we've had so far are scrumarves. Uh, how does that make you feel as a scrumarve yourself? Uh, I've got mixed feelings on this because I want to yeah. normally I'd say oh empowered but there is nothing mm. I would hate more ...than being a scrum half in 1987... ...because your job is basically (laughs) just to be a punching bag... ...line outs are a complete (laughs) shit show man... ...like nobody can jump... ...like there's no point in deciding... ...where you're going to throw the ball... ...because while the ball's in the air... ...it's been thrown in so slowly... ...that you've got ages to look at it and go... ...oh yeah they're throwing the ball to this guy... ...I'm just going to jump higher than him and steal it... ...or I'm just going to shove him in the back... ...so he supplies really crap ball for his scrum half... ...who I'm then going to go and nail... ...like there is no positivity that comes out... ...of being a scrum half in 1987... The scrums, man. The scrums are a complete shit show. They, you know, they hook the ball, sure. Then it comes squirting out the back and you get hassled by your opposition nine and suddenly you're playing on the back foot straight away. Why would you want to do that? Who signs up to be a scrum off at this point? Honestly, like the the core thing to being a scrum half now is, you know, oh, you've got to be quite physical. You probably did back then because you've constantly got eight forwards jumping on your back. You know, <laughs> you've got to technically have quite a good pass. You should be able to kick these days, you know, all of that stuff. But instead, it's just you kind of put the ball in and then hope for the best and maybe do a dive pass. That's the entire job description. But that's it. The dive pass was to get away from everyone. Right. You're about to be flattened anyway. Yeah. You can be on the floor. You might as well do it of your own volition. Yeah. And that's why I'm quite glad that Parashiev eventually scores a try. You know, I'm glad of it because it's just like, mm. my God, you've had a torrid day, haven't you? <laughs> um, so, the teams have come out, right? They're about to set up for the game when, thankfully, neither of these teams forget the anthems as Italy did. Yeah, um, yeah. So, Uncle Sicilelli so... Africa plays for Zimbabwe. <laughs> yes! But they have different lyrics. Right, right? Got this. So, they change the lyrics, which has massive vibes So, some you know has gone on here. You know that meme of, can I copy your homework? Sure, but change it yeah. slightly so they don't know it's the same thing. It's like, that's happened. They've just stolen someone else's anthem. Like the Next Country long's anthem gone. Great, we're going to do this, so, but we're going to replace the words slightly. Do you remember, so there was a time about five mm. years ago when Lana Del Rey released a single and then Radiohead clocked that it had the same chord <laughs> progression as Creep oh, and yeah, sued yeah. her just to take the piss and just thought yes. it'd be funny if they sued her and claimed, not sued her, but claimed 100% of the profits well, from it. That feels like the situation that's gone on here. Funny you mention that, because South Africa did sue Zimbabwe for it, and Zimbabwe replaced and changed the national anthem. Right, okay. To creep by Radiohead. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. There is actually a Radiohead so, song called "The National Anthem." You could have, could have made that a joke. No. 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 But, no, but they didn't do that. Oh, Zimbabwe didn't do okay, that. Zimbabwe yeah. really made the they national the trick anthem there. creep by Radiohead. Yeah. Because they're they're all creeps and they're all weirdos. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's such a romantic and lovely song that, and you know, I really feel like I am a creep and a weirdo, and I feel like the song really speaks to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. Zimbabwean. Yeah. Um, that's, like, I, I meant that as a silly bit and it sounded xenophobic. That's not what I meant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not Stevie suggesting you're that cream. Brian Majarty listens to Radiohead every night. He probably does. He probably does. I can ask him. Yeah, you should. So... <laughs> Just do that now. Yeah, t- Slide into his DMs, <laughs> ask Brian Majarty, like, hey bro, do you like Radiohead? You know? So... Uh, Something I want to do on this podcast is keep track of weird stats that applied, right? Because up until this point in time, 100% of Rugby World Cup matches have featured to kick off going out on the floor. Yes. So the very (laughs) first thing thing that Craig Brown does... Uh, in a Rugby World Cup is just boot the ball straight out. And you think, great, this ni- <laughs> picking this 19-year-old really paid off for you, fellas, hasn't it? Especially when he's he second touch of the ball, he just sticks it straight up in the air when a Romanian yeah. catches it. Like, it doesn't so, move forward. Romanians hit the scrap. And there's a mobway in coach. Apparently, it said to one of the commentators. So there is a coach. Oh, okay. It said to one of the commentators beforehand. Uh, we intend to take them on up front. They're not as good in the forwards as they as everyone thinks they are. <laughs> Romania then completely batter them and push them back the ten scrum. meters. That's the first thing that happens in the whole match. Oh man, it is, um, it's funny. Yeah, Brown then misses touch from penalty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then yeah, boots it straight up in the air. And after three kicks, you. Like, the interesting thing about Craig Brown, the 19-year-old fly half, having now watched a full game of him, is he is a really beautiful striker of the ball. Like, he kicks the ball in a really appealing manner. He is actually quite a good kicker as the game goes on. No, no, so, no, I'm not giving you that. Okay. So he, he kicks the ball in a really aesthetically pleasing manner, and he kicks the ball like most. Players in this kind of eighty seven era just kind of thump it. They put their leg out, yeah, yeah, and just hope for the best. Like he properly swings through and strikes Mm. the ball in a kind of like very Johnny Wilkins, very clean manner. Sure, but every single time the ball goes nowhere near where he's aiming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, The thing is, there are points where I actually thought throughout this game, like Brown is actually playing all right. Now he's had a bit of time to settle into the game. Yeah, but he has a lot of moments of the yips towards the start in particular and I guess towards the end as well when he's actually got to do a bit of game management rather than just hoping for the best. I think Brown gets better as the game goes on, as you say, and I think he starts varying his game more because at first he is just thumping up in the air for almost no reason. Yeah. And it's like a lot of people complain about how much kicking there is in the modern game, but at least they aim where they're kicking now. Right. People just kick it for the sake of it. So I'm going to quickly come on to a player that Romania Mm. had on the right wing called Alexandru Marín. Yes. Who... To spoil it early on, was a bit of a consideration for Dick of the Day for me, because he gets the ball three times, I believe. One mm. of them, he runs into touch. Yeah. Another one, uh, he basically just avoids contact by putting the ball into the air as a complete nothing kick. Like, he just kicks the ball mm. because he doesn't really want it. There's a lot in this World Cup so far of wingers kicking the ball because they don't want to take contact. Yeah. 100%. 100%. I think it was a case of that. And then yeah. the third time he gets the ball, he receives a forward pass from Twada, falls yeah. over, and goes off injured. So which is he, pretty but bad. He, so he doesn't just fall over, he goes for a dive and grounds the ball in front of him. So on I the thought, touch have line. they? Yeah, I thought, have they just scored? Does he think he's they've just scored? So he's about but 10 meters 20 out. From, out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're 15, 20 meters out there. Yeah, they're in the 22, yeah, but they're not. Sure. On the they're trial. nowhere near the trial. Uh, yeah. And he goes into touch. And I thought, from the way he dives, <laughs> that he's gone for the line and I thought oh, it does look see like that doesn't it because I didn't think properly. This. yeah <laughs> uh, from like it an incredibly mad. forward pass as well and then they bring him off and replace him with maybe the world's worst rugby player <laughs> Liviu <you> Hedorka <laughs> the, the, com- <laughs> the commentators really had it in for this guy
1: so did I I, really I was sorry, watching man. him
0: so no so we we've missed my favourite bit I missed my favourite bit go of uh, Alexandria Marine go on so the Zimbabwean anthem we mentioned, the Romanian anthem, I have never seen oh, yes! stand as close as Romania do for their anthem. So they properly pack themselves in like the world's most like lonely sardines. Really desperately like hugging each other incredibly close. Yeah. Like it's it's it looks like, cozy about sweaty uh uncomfortable no it looks actually very comfortable it looks very nice frankly like you'd almost want to be a part of it these massive romanian men packing themselves in and like other ones standing in in the middle as well so they can get in as close as they can (laughs) all of them packed in except for marie (laughs) just stood on the outside (laughs) who stood on the outside (laughs) completely by himself with his arms around two of them try yeah trying to look like he's fitting in. he looks like he's trying to hold his parents together when they're about to get divorced Christ, that's... like he looks like he's he's like he looks hey, like maybe a he's child looking on the outskirts. That man loved yes. divorce. <laughs> he's really, really into it. But I believe actually one of the men he has his arm around uh is Stefan Constantine, who we will absolutely get onto. Uh one oh, of yes. two brothers. Uh yeah. Romania had two brothers playing the second row. Yeah. Laurentiou and Stefan Constantine. Who looked like Yep, but oh, there was a little we'll bit get, of a difference we'll, between them. we'll get we'll on to get them. Also, the so, other yeah. thing I loved about this Romanian pack is Julian Dimitris's dad was playing Blindside for them. <laughs> Do you want know my favorite thing about the Zimbabwe pack? Go on. Five of their pack are tobacco farmers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I know. I think it's four of the pack and one of their wingers and international are tobacco athletes. Farmers. Sorry, yeah, um, but still, ha- at least half their pack are tobacco farmers. That's incredible. So that's a third of their starting team yeah A tobacco farmers that is so good that's that's unbelievably good wow when you're saying about them all having jobs yeah they've all got the same job yeah yeah yeah. that's incredible should we uh should we go on to the first try of the game i mean there's one thing that happens it's like romania play sporadically some decent rugby in the first sort of five ten minutes yeah and careful you know, like words. it's yeah yeah it's okay. They play some competent yeah, rugby yeah, in the yeah. first. They five catch or ten the minutes. ball, you know. Um, <laughs> um, you know, once or twice. They have one really nice movement where they manage to get it out, and they've got two man overlap, uh, and it gets to Vasil David, the inside centre, hmm. who is the biggest ball hog I've ever seen. <laughs> Honestly, he would if he had somebody completely unmarked outside him, he would kick it to them rather than passing it he so he at one point really early on has two men outside him either of them would have scored right if he gives it straight away he then double pumps and actually beats a man yeah. fair enough you know yeah. drifts dummies through it was easy to beat a man at this point Go for it. Exactly. He then has another chance to pass it. Doesn't give it. The fullback comes in on him and does like a, one of those really shoddy tackles where they're holding onto him and he's still upright. Yeah. And he's then got an arm free to offload, you know, both arms free, ball in two hands. He could pass it at any point. Another man comes in, he wraps the ball into one arm. He could offload it really easily. And the whole time he is looking at the support. Who would score this entire time and he doesn't give it? I've got it written down in my notes at one point that I think he's a robot. <laughs> yes, I mean, there's the break he makes in the second half, where they run a really nice move that gets him into a lot of space. And he has another man outside him, man would score if they give it. Yeah. And it's said for some reason, he kicks the ball he into kicks touch. Kicks it into touch, yeah. And it's compl- That's the most robotic decision I've ever seen because clearly, before he's got the ball, he's decided that he, what he wants to do is kick yeah. it. Uh, and then he accidentally makes a break and then he just commits to his decision. It's mental, like how low the standard was in the World Cup. Vasil <laughs> David, the ball hog Robot. Yeah. Let's talk. Let's talk about a try. So yeah, the try happens. The try happens, and it's amazing what can happen if you actually kick for space rather than just aimlessly, right? So yeah, so that's kind of what happens. So is, is it? It's not Ferreira, is it? Isn't it Brown who sticks the ball in the air and goes for a bit for chip kick uh, and finds a bit of space? I thought it was Kalbach, the winger. Kalbach, Cal, okay, okay, yeah, finds a bit of space and then he does a really nice little dummy and sort of fade mm-hmm. back on the outside and a really lovely offload to Simba who goes the rest of the way, grounds the ball. Uh, and it's, it's actually a pretty nice try, I think. Yeah. As you a, say, really the nice. kicking for space is really important. However, the thing that you will mm. most like about this try, you've not brought up, and I'm not sure if you noticed it, but fullback and pro tennis legend Andy Ferreira yeah. can't mm-hmm. pass off his left hand. So he reverse spins the ball. No. He does this twice in this game. When he... when he passes off the wrong hand, like he he spins it. Uh, I've just gestured to you on the camera on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, he he reverse spins the ball. He he can't spin the ball off his left hand. Is he so used to try and get spin on the ball in tennis that that's just his Maybe, technique? But he finds his man on both occasions. So that's incredible. Yeah, and you know, in a in a game where to be so fair... scarcely people catch the ball, that's a bit of a feat. <laughs> yes. There are lots of players who just outright can't spin the ball playing in this game, though. There's lots of players who can only do little pop passes Uh, and only can throw the ball along. I noticed that, yeah, uh, so I've mentioned Parasiv, the uh, Romanian scrum off. He... nine times out of ten would try and spin onto his correct hand when yeah. passing the ball out I guess it's just the way it was it's amateur rugby isn't it but it's mental you know that's that's how, how far the game's come There's a, there was a genuine a reverse spinning fullback playing in the World Cup at one point <laughs> and he was one of Zimbabwe's better players yeah yeah absolutely I thought he was a lot of fun I really yeah I him. enjoyed watching him I I'm enjoyed- looking forward to seeing more of him agreed 100% he Loves to have a bit of a run. He yeah. will sometimes randomly thump the ball, but hey, that was what everyone did at this yeah, point. Yeah, absolutely. I actually checked that he played in the rest of the World Cup after the heartbreak <laughs> last week with Gizzoni. Yeah. So I'm glad that, uh, that he is going to show up again. <laughs> so I don't know how far we want to skip forward because you mentioned Gazzoni and I think there's a player in every game this World Cup that I'm going to end up slightly obsessed by, right? And last time, it was the Bunga Bunga Domio man, Gizoni. This time, it is, as we've previously mentioned, the Romanian lock, Stefan Constine. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, go on. Skip ahead to that. So. <laughs> <laughs> I've in my notes. There. Oh my God. Yep. <laughs> so, the. I, the... <laughs> <laughs> There's a completely just nothing more, right? The ball, is the the thing's collapsing, the thing's falling the apart. The ball's pretty unplayable. Everyone's just searching for it. Up until this, yeah, the referee's about to give a scrum to the team previously in possession, yeah. the team going forward. He's in the process of blowing <laughs> for that when Stefan Constantin, the Romanian number five, the second row, who up until this point, uh, this is about 20 minutes of the game, has been very quiet. He's done right? nothing. Yet. He has done nothing up until this point. I hadn't noticed him. <laughs> At which point he notices... That uh, George Elcom, the Zimbabwean prop, the loose head, is stood right in front of him and he just punches him in the face twice. <laughs> it's brilliant. <laughs> like, there's nothing to provoke it. There's it's... no reason he would be angry. He just looks up and sees a man in front it's... of him. And like I went back and looked at there's a slow motion replay. Yeah. Alcum isn't even talking. He hasn't yeah. even said anything to him. I watched this back quite a in the few face. times. So did I. He just looks Alcum in the face, pump like jab, jab to the yeah. jaw. So he goes. Alcum to... goes right down. It's two left hooks. So he goes for one. Yeah. Notices that Alcom's still on his feet, and he goes well. And then he floors him with the second one. And the best thing that you've not mentioned, he was right in front of the referee. (laughs) The referee is looking at it. The referee sees it, he's looking at it. The referee is looking at it. He blows his whistle. He points to Constantine and tells him to go stand over there. (laughs) Not on the touchline. He says, go and stand two metres to my side. And just somehow doesn't send him off. He then gives, yeah... So he sees two punches to the face, the prop go down on the floor and lie there for about two minutes out cold, and he goes, penalty only. Yeah, I especially and then love the, the commentators saying that, well, y- you wonder what it would take for this guy to get sent off. Ma- maybe if Alcom went off, it would be different. Yes. <laughs> he also totally should have, looking by today's kind of concussion standpoint. Yeah, sure, like, If you've sure. been knocked out cold, you should not be still on the pit. I also enjoy that from that, Zimbabwe went for a kick at goal came up yes. short to Constantine who caught the ball yes. and went on a mad rampaging counter attack <laughs> and just tried <laughs> to turn into Neoni Nakarawa in 2 minutes <laughs> He does though. Yeah, like he successfully transforms himself somehow into Bloody Mills Mulyaina. Yeah, right. <laughs> who starts running, delivering back. passes over the top, like, one-handed. Yeah, moves. so he throws like a dummy. The Romanian. No, so there's does a little ball swervy sidestep, swerve step. Someone, yeah, then pops the ball over the top to his winger, who has a little charge down well, the wing. Well, he's got a good tackle being made on him as well. Yeah. yeah, It's incredible, and he's got a hell of a turn of pace. Yeah. And he's just suddenly decided, well, seeing as I'm still on the pitch, I might as well celebrate it, right? Yeah, well, it's like, I think it's like he was asleep for the first 20 minutes. Then the moment he's punched someone, he's now like, okay, okay time to start the day. Because uh, moments later, then the ball goes out of a rock, he hacks it on and is absolutely rapid, yeah. like hearing after it. He's suddenly really, really quick, out of absolute, like, Guido Petty style. Yeah. Out of nowhere, he becomes really fast. Chases it down, puts a load of pressure on, wins remaining the line out. The thing is, uh, though, like, whenever he does something decent, you just look at him and go, you shouldn't be on the pitch, though, should you, mate? You kind of just, <laughs> no. you can't help but watch him do these things and just think, like, this is a bit unfair. Like, you should have been sent off very clearly for punching somebody in front of the ref. It's it's just kind of slightly extraordinary the yeah. whole thing. He I became completely obsessed with watching him. Yeah, because he just from that moment on, from the moment he's punched someone twice, he is everywhere and he keeps making these key hits and key interventions and popping up and li- doing you know link play and link work yeah. and so on. It's it's incredible. There's also I don't know if you spotted this. My favorite ruck ever happens just before this. Go on. So you tried to spread it down the line. They do hands the winger is stood like 20 I metres in the That was an advanced move line. back then. <laughs> the winger is stood about 20 metres in from the touchline and it just runs into his opposite number who gets him to ground. And at which point, one of the Romanian forwards tries to fly in the side and then suddenly, out of nowhere, from out of shot, one of his own teammates flies in and smashes him in the head and knocks <laughs> him clean off the road. I didn't clock that. So there's two players do completely, totally illegal clear-outs, but they happen on each other, so they kind of cancel each other out. The ball then spills out of the ruck on the Romanian side. The 10, Alexandru, tries to fly-hack it. It goes straight into the hands of one of the Zimbabweans and then chips it down. Yes! The point where everybody just decided they wanted to suddenly stop volleying everything. Yeah. There's one passage of play where just everyone's just volleying and fly hacking the ball, and no one wants to because they've just seen what happens when you take it into contact. <laughs> they've just suddenly agreed that they said they're playing footy now. Like it's incredible. I, I, I keep saying that, but I'm really just slightly in awe of this game. From yeah. that little chip over the top that he does, it's yeah. I did I did note this down. Well, the end of that down when everyone just suddenly starts, you know, trying to kick the ball here, there, and everywhere. Yeah. This kind of whole passage then eventually leads results in a try for Zimbabwe. Yes. As well this kind of period of pressure yeah. because they then get the ball just inside the 22. And so Mark Neal, who obviously has been talked up, apparently he's a really good number eight, Yeah, then makes three carries in quick succession, like three carries yeah. out of like five in a row. And it's the only period of like what looks like modern rugby being played in this game. Sure, yeah. You know, of like runners hitting it with hitting the line, like running onto the ball, hitting the line with some yeah, level of dynamism yeah. and pace. The, the, and power. You know, it's a, it's a good sequence of pick and goes that they have going there. Mm. You know, the scrum half uh, Jellico has a bit of a snipe, and then Neil spots a bit of a disconnect uh, as Romania are kind of folding round, well, not folding round. That's a bit strong. That's a bit too much praise. But as they're probably realigning and just picks and goes and goes sort of the last ten meters to score the try. I mean, you're being a bit kind to Zimbabwe there. Both of the players who should be marking him, both the the guard and the first man out, are looking at in different directions. It's like it's like on like you know like old PS2 get stealth games. Sure, when the guard, if they're not looking in one direction, they can't. Yeah, see yeah, him. yeah. Even if you walk straight between yeah, them, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what Zimbabwe's defense. Sure. Well, there is there there is another the real reason why this try is scored. Mm. So there's the sure there's the guard and the bodyguard are, are pretty oblivious to the fact Neil's picking the ball up. There is one person who spots Neil about to pick the ball up. And do you know who that is? Who is it? Liviu Hidorka Spots that Big Neil is about to pick the ball up, turns and runs in the other direction because he doesn't want to tackle it.
1: As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either.
0: Wow, and so Neil goes the whole way so and grabs the ball. Hedorka is the winger you mentioned who's come off. The, He's come off the bench. Off the pitch. I yeah. so at, at one point, so that's the first error he makes in the game, and then you know not long afterwards he gets the ball. Uh, no, sorry. So Ferreira chips the ball across. Hodorca mm. just kicks it out under no pr- like fly hacks it out yeah. under no pressure uh, when he he could have picked it up and had like quite a good. Run. Run or just randomly hoofed it as everyone did that. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then his next touch of the well, yeah, his next real touch of the ball, uh, he kicks out on the fall and then goes down for a little bit in that in that way that wingers do when they make a mistake. And to be fair, Neil did probably take him late, but I'd say probably. I mean definitely. And his next <laughs> touch of the ball he knocks it on. So I decide to start making a Hidorka error count, which by oh, the no. end of the game got to 10. I then wrote afterwards, fuck off, but we'll come on to that. Uh, <laughs> why I did that. But yeah, so he makes a knock-on. There's a bit of a dumb offside penalty that remains. Oh mate. No, 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 no. It's not just a dumb offside penalty. It is the Mona Lisa of dumb <laughs> offside penalties. <laughs> right. Okay, I probably so, sold it short there. So, yeah, so uh, today knocks the ball on under no pressure because it was 1987 and yeah, that was the yeah. vogue at the time yeah, you know, that was the real catch. fashion Yeah, people just what did they do in training pressure. I don't know they probably just went back to the tobacco farms yeah that's probably true I don't like how are you playing for your country if you can't catch a high ball yeah, under no pressure yeah. also but, speaking of like I look at yeah. Mark Neal and think like you're one of the players who I most think you're probably quite good but you also know yes. for a fact that he smokes Like at this level, you know. Carry on. Absolutely. So Tadea, yeah, knocks the ball on forward in front of him. And our boy Hadorka doesn't just pick the ball up from an offside position. He sprints top pace to get to the ball in order to catch it from an offside position. He's already in front. And he really runs out of his way to sprint and regather it. Right? So he he really, really tries to give away a penalty when no one was nearby. And there was nothing gonna come if he just let it go, even, or he'd let Hadir get it first. Even better when he does pick the ball up, he just runs for the touchline and goes out. <laughs> I actually didn't know that that was Hidorka, so that makes it eleven on the yeah. error count. That was that was my favourite moment of him in the match. Yeah, it's 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 a real coup for him. He's he's really quite a a great player I have written underneath that god rugby was shit yeah right there's a point where it's just like I realise that the rugby is that bad in this game that the referee just stops awarding knock-ons <laughs> yes so, well you try it's You're like well yeah it's like it's that common that we will only award the really spectacular forward passes and knock-ons otherwise it's just play on fellas do what you want he does though call back what would nowadays be the most simple try imaginable yes so towards the end of the half Romania have an attacking scrum, and they run what is nowadays quite a basic move. Yeah. But at the time, it would have been sort revolutionary. Sort slide between had, your two centres. Yep. They had a dummy runner, right? <laughs> they had a dummy runner coming in between what would be the sort of 10 and 12, like the first and second receiver. And the Zimbabwean 12, Graham, steps out of line in order to tackle him, to try and tackle him, right? Then realises he doesn't have the ball. The ball goes behind, and it goes into uh, Ferreira, who, you know, sprints it in them having exploited the numbers with one man taken out the referee calls it back for obstruction there is no obstruction Graham just chose the wrong man he actively steps into the way to tackle the wrong guy who was about five metres away from the guy who was going to catch the ball so he wasn't realistically getting anywhere near to make that tackle no no there's absolutely no obstruction whatsoever No, this referee would genuinely have disallowed about 80% of tries in this year's 6-0 yes Honestly, yeah, no. And, you know, that was actually quite a good try. And it was like, come on, can we not just make the most of the the small miracle that is Romania catching three passes in a row? I know. Yeah, it's like the first... That is all they needed to do to to cross the try line was catch the ball (laughs) three times in a row. And normally they could, they genuinely could not do that. The amount of unforced errors and every time they've got half a chance... They seem to just drop it the moment they pass to, you know, the second to last guy. Yeah. There's a couple of them. Like There's one turnover they make, uh, I think start the second half, where they just (laughs) kick it into touch. Yes. They kick it straight out on the floor. I I have written down at one point here, um, Romania do fun double switch move and then kick it because David is a robot. (laughs) Yes. Exactly. It's really exhausting. I th- so then I have written, you know, you know we get to uh, hmm. halftime. Uh, the score's 11-3 to Zimbabwe, and they are very good for their lead. I then yeah. just have written down, <laughs> Craig Brown looks like he belongs in ABBA. He does. He does, absolutely. He has the ABBA haircut. He looks he's, like he is He's ABBA somewhere between person. ABBA and Aerosmith in his haircut, which is a really no, weird he's mix. He's but I think he's more he's on the side of ABBA. He's ABBA. He's absolutely ABBA. Craig Brown should have been in ABBA. Confirmed. He then uh kicks puts the kickoff out on the fall again. Again. And Romania get into a position cool. to get a penalty. Close the gap to yeah. eleven six. Sorry no, he puts a so he, he puts a drop out from the kickoff out on the Yeah. Rather than Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah um yeah. I realize I I misspoke there. That's okay. So that is just another addition to his fact he is a beautiful striker with the ball, but he cannot aim. Yeah. I thought Craig Brown is kind of the anti times Kotzer right he's mm. a student who's come out of nowhere sure for uh, you know like winning his first couple of caps african for nation the, the yeah Cup, exactly yeah. <laughs> and he's really relying on kicking the ball just he's shite at it yeah yeah i i get that i get that because realistically he probably didn't have a lot of flair other, other than although there, there is a moment that we will come on to where he showed a little bit of flair but yeah yeah but yeah i know what you mean like he he didn't attack the line very much. He was mainly just sitting in the pocket and trying to boot Zimbabwe into the right places, which, to be honest, was probably the right approach for a game like this, where they're playing against a bigger nation. You know, they've scored those two tries, one from a chip over and the other one from a pick and go. And they probably do just want a bit of a slice of luck. So I get why he played the game in the way he did. Yeah. But because, of course, at this point, you kind of have to just pick and choose one way of playing the game rather than playing what's in front of you, like any normal 10 would really yeah, exactly. <laughs> good rookie player this is all followed up very shortly by what I have written down as a really funny knock on go on where they slide it through and one of the Zimbabwean players do you know that thing when like you take the ball running backwards and you pop it up to the 15 who's running on sure yeah, yeah yeah they do that but Ferreira just knocks it on <laughs> yes I remember this I remember this and then it's great because when they go back downfield Twada does exactly the same thing <laughs> Yeah it's picked up immediately like it's starting to catch yeah, yeah. or not catch as the case maybe yeah, 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 yeah. it's the only thing that anyone is catching and I just have written down Romania are so bad to add a knock on there's a few more penalties exchanged they get to 14-9 yeah mm. sorry you were about to say something no just I couldn't work out what was going on with Romania because you see odd moments of them looking good Right? They look so bad, and you. I knew going into this again that they'd beaten France and Wales and Scotland in the previous few years. Sure, they'd beaten Italy repeatedly, and I couldn't see that team there. No, other than the scrum. The scrum was. The scrum was the good game. for most of the game. There was a point towards the end where they start to get dominated on a couple of their own balls, but that might have been fatigue. Yeah. It might have just been that a bit of hunger on Zimbabwe's part. Yeah, they had obviously the massive advantage in the line-out that was. The Constantine brothers, who are giants. And then Zimbabwe's locks were genuinely, I think, like three inches shorter than them. Yeah, yeah. So that became a massive advantage. I want to mention as well, their opposite number, right, was born Malcolm Sawyer, but changed their name to Tom Sawyer, presumably after the Mark Twain novel, and went by Tom Sawyer. Interesting. And I want to dig into this and know why Zimbabwe had a player who named themselves after a Mark Twain pop. Well, funny you should mention this, because I did a, a little bit of... I mean, for some reason, when you asked me earlier what I know about Zimbabwe rugby, I, I mm. failed to mention this, but I did a little bit of research on some of their the future players and how long these players oh, played yeah. for and stuff like that, and I found out that in the mid-90s they had a loose-head prop called Roger Moore. No. Yeah. Was it the Roger Moore? So, po- it wasn't, I don't think. But oh. that is, you know, post The Spy Who Loved Me. So like, this is like Roger Moore, as in James Bond, Roger Moore will have already been famous by the time Roger Moore played for Zimbabwe. And hey, I know it's not quite the same as Harry Potter playing for Leicester Tigers, but he still will have received quite a lot of comments. Uh, For anyone listening, you can currently get the chimes going. You know, an hour has passed in real life. How long has passed in the podcast? Uh, So can we between Harry Potter and Tom Sawyer get a fictional characters 15 together? Hey, I mean, I know Roger, Roger Moore's not fictional, but we could give him a go. I mean, can, um, he's basically James Bond. Uh, isn't there an Ethan Hunt who plays in the Premiership? Ethan, there is an Ethan Hunt, yeah. Gloucester, like, under 18s, has right. an Ethan Hunt, because there's also Tom Cruise, obviously, playing for Wasp. Yeah, of course. So one day I want them to play against each other, and it can be the greatest That would be good. That in would be history. good. This is pretty strong. This is a good start. This yeah, is a good start. Yeah. people start sending um, movies, and I'm sure. I think there's a brief player called Sonic the Hedgehog. Yes, no, I remember him. Um, he's oh god, no, where's he from? Because he's from like an obs- Gr- Green Hills or something, isn't he? Portugal. Oh, okay, I always get Portugal and Green Hills. confused. confused. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's it's a pretty common mistake, but yeah, no, he, he's pretty quick. To be fair, hmm. usually plays on the wing, can play fullback as well. Yeah, he's a pretty handy player uh, in the top fourteen. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to remember about that guy. He has got to go. At a moderate speed. Yes. Um, so, speaking of moderate speed, Richard Zumba. yes, is he the best rugby player we've seen in this tournament so far? Genuinely, good shout. Like, uh, like no, no joke. Suck it, grandfather. No joke. He played better than either of the New Zealand centres in the previous game. Yes, here, yeah, like, comfortably. He, he's, he genuinely looks like he has a touch of class about him, and he has, he's one of those players where you get the impression that. If he played now, he could probably, you know, with the skill set transferred to 2021 rugby, you know, you get the impression that he could maybe play 13 or on the wing at a decent level still. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, I think so. And yeah, he's got extremely good pace and good balance and is strong. Just sadly doesn't really get the ball much because his 12 can't catch. (laughs) <laughs> exactly. Campbell Graham, yeah. uh, to name and shame him, who's probably like a 65-year-old man living yeah. on a tobacco farm somewhere now. Sure. The good thing is we can probably chat shit about these players because they probably don't know what a podcast is. <laughs> <laughs> They've lost their hearing anyway. They can't hear it oh. if they do try. Richard Zumba, though. Yeah. Greatest player of all time. Yeah. As I say, like really pacey, balanced 13. Yeah. Uh, he's just an absolute joy to watch. Yeah, he's great. And he keeps catching the ball in the first... You know, 50 odd minutes and just having little runs, beating the odd sure, person here yeah. or there, a couple of offloads, yeah. doesn't really get to show what he can do fully. No until... you know there's something in the locker though, don't you? Yeah. Until Craig Brown spots a bit of a, a dog leg, steps his man does really well and manages to time the pass perfectly to Zumba, who to finish. Bounds his man. Goes, really, you know, steps on the accelerator, as I believe they say. I don't know if they said it back then. In 1987, I might be the first person to use that term because it is currently 1987 and also 8pm. It's 8 pm, Zumba- p.m. now. Thank you. Um, you are a clock. And he <laughs> just goes and, again, rounds another man, gets it under the post, dives and commits a massive stick-of-the-day <laughs> contention thing in the process. So he he does basically half a forward roll at this point. Yeah. Uh, 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 half, half a front flip I'd maybe go as far as saying. So yeah, he he dives onto his left shoulder and then does like a roly-poly out of it back onto his feet. Mm. And then suddenly realise he's injured his shoulder in doing so. In the process of scoring the try. Yeah. And he sort of spends the, f- the five minutes after scoring it checking to see if his shoulder's okay. He tries to play on for five minutes and every time he goes into contact... Uh, or makes a tackle or whatever, you can see he looks uncomfortable uh, yeah. because of the way he dived on it. <laughs> Romania, uh, shortly afterwards, have a scrum on the five metre line and he is very visibly holding his shoulder with both arms. Right. Like, he cannot move it. And Romania don't run at him. No. I don't get it. Making, especially in 1987, he's not making a tackle. No, 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 no. Like, it's speculative whether a player who's fully fit is going to make a tackle. Yeah. Let alone somebody who has three limbs available you know <laughs> exactly but very very good player very entertaining to watch it's a great try as well you know that's fantastic I mean, try tried the tournament so far I mean there was a dog that distracted the entire Italian team and John Cohen ran through them all true the detail about the dog so what does we make that was slightly better what we need to know is were there any cats on the pitch when the Romanian team were setting up for that sure we don't know no, we, don't, we know. don't know at one point there are some ducks on the pitch though hmm
1: that's good. Later in the game, the there echo. are some
0: ducks on the pitch. Thank you. Yeah, uh, I was one of them. Yeah, as how I was in a previous back then. life. Yeah, and so Alexandru, the Romanian ten, goes off injured shortly after this try, and in his place they bring on Vasil Ion, who yeah. looks like a porn star playing a PE teacher, <laughs> and has just an absolute cannon of a boot. He does. You're lucky I finished that with his foot. Because there are several feet, I'd imagine. And he is absolutely. Oh, don't question it. Um, no, I'm going to question is... it, man. Don't say something so questionable if you don't want me to question it. What do you mean he has several feet? There are several feet down there. So he. So inside his boot, he fits like maybe. Two two feet in one boot, maybe. Don't 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 make me expand on the thought. There are people out there that got what I meant. Um, I've heard of an extra leg, but not an extra foot, bro. A foot is a, a, a type of measurement. Okay, okay. Oh okay. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, that's quite good. Yeah, thank you. That's a good yeah. one, man. Um, Can I shake your hand? <laughs> Please. Okay. You did it over Zoom. Yeah. Uh, you, did, you did a thumbs up and waved it at the camera. <laughs> what? You waved a thumbs up at the camera. No, you didn't I didn't. I showed your hand. Yes, you, you did. No, you oh, did. You're lying. Lying. You just did. I'm you just, You just did a thumbs up and just waved it in front of the camera up and down. Wait, why have you just taken your trousers off? <laughs> I didn't have the one to begin with. <laughs> I actually can't disprove this. <laughs> so... As I was saying, uh, they bring on Vasile Ion, yes. yeah, the porn star PE like teacher. Several t-shirt. feet. He, yeah, he aims for the ducks and absolutely nails a perfect like fifty twenty two touch brand with the corner yeah. by trying to kick it at some ducks on the corner of the pitch. Yeah, yeah. You clearly, you know, you remember that time when Stuart Hogg was waving his arms around just to let. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. see where the, the space was in the Irish backfield. Clearly, the ducks were doing the same and doing yes. very loud quacks, which you know must have been loud because nothing would have carried that yeah. sound. Yeah. So uh, loud enough that Ion himself could actually hear the ducks quacking and go, "Cheers!" And that those ducks were actually Romanian. Mm. So look, we could have a second hey, animal no, those, man of the match. Those ducks, those ducks, were the granny gate situation right, that the the companies were talking about. They were Kiwi ducks who had defected by asking a police officer to head to Romania. They stopped a police officer in the street and gone, quack, 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 quack. And the police officer went, sure, we'll grant you you survival in uh, asylum in Romania. And the ducks went, have you got any bread? And the police officer said, no. No, Bread's bad for you. Yeah. And the ducks went, have you got any grapes? Uh, Have you got any nails? And the Ducks kept on going and going and going. And it took a really long time. But eventually, they flew onto the pitch in a kind of Sonny Parker, Dan Luger, 16th man type scenario. Yeah. And aided Romania to the start of their comeback. Because that kick does eventually lead to the try that starts it all off. Yes. So, Romania, in the last sort of 15 minutes... I think create about thirty try scoring chances. Yeah, there's there's a lot goes on here. Firstly, I'm glad that those that those ducks didn't try and defect to Zimbabwe because otherwise mm. they'd be getting fed tobacco. Yes, <laughs> I also want to mention Vasilion uh, was a fullback who could yes. play centre on the wing. Yeah. Uh, he was not a ten. No, uh, this was the only time he ever played ten. Right. for... So Romania. it's interesting. So when Alexandru, who had had a good game, you know, he, he was mm. like the one Romanian who I think played all right. Good is maybe a stretch, but uh, I think he'd played all right. They originally move Hadorka to 10 mm. for th- that scrum and put Ion on the wing. And this is after Hedorka get for the first time, about 60 to 70 minutes into the game, gets the ball and doesn't make a mistake, runs sideways <laughs> and passes to a prop because he, he, he wants the ball yeah. out of his hands. And the commentators acknowledge that that's what he's doing at the time. So originally they put Hadorka at 10 and you think, oh my God, like, how are they going to do this? Then thankfully Ion steps up and takes the 10 Mantle. So does pretty well Ion was primarily a fullback but he did have yeah. one cap at scrum half against the Soviet Union in 1983 right okay where he scored a try and a penalty okay. so he could kick goals this was something that was within his kind of capability sure yeah and fair play to him stepping up you know yeah Lloyd this... Williams style <laughs> so I've written down that there's a point where um, Zimbabwe do a, get a penalty and go for a clearance kick and could like it bounces right in front of Hidorka who just chooses not to catch it and it go, it bounces into touch <laughs> yes. instead oh there's a moment where four Romanians do your mat your ball yeah and yeah just let the ball bounce between them yeah 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 it's it's crazy how, you know everyone's commitment to not tackling right okay so sorry i've just reached a point in my notes which really mm. confused me i'm sure that you probably picked up on this as well so there's a point Romania are about to set for a scrum this is just after Simba's gone off mm. uh, Romania are about to set for a scrum and the hooker for Romania, who is Grigore, realises he needs his hands taping up because he had tape on his fingers mm. and it's come off. Did you notice this? Uh Sort of. So the the referee kind of goes, yeah, that's fine. Time's off. We'll let you tape that up. And the scrum off kind of turns to him like, oh, you, you know, do you want a hand with this? You know, I can tape it up for you. And the hooker kind of turns around like, oh, I've not got any tape. At which point, one of the Constantine brothers in the second row hands him some tape that clearly he just had in his pocket. He- or in his sock the whole way through the game, <laughs> just hands him some tape, and so uh, Parashev starts wrapping up well, Grigore's hands and starts, yeah, of starts course, taping his fingers together. Of course, Stefan Constantine needed tape. How was he going to kidnap the opposition scrum half? <laughs> That's very true, very <laughs> true.
1: But like, he needs to eat. He needs to
0: eat that evening. He needs to he, come, kidnap the scrum off somehow. Was he just playing with tape in his pocket the whole time? I mean, Collins Jura playing with a pen in his sock was pretty extreme. Yes, but. Having a whole roll of tape with you I seems bet. absurd. That probably don't, happened far more than you'd think back then. Because they didn't have the did. water we're bringing on tape in yeah, yeah. that kind of like, situation. Yeah, yeah. A medic did come on like, after mm. he'd already be, started applying the tape to sort of check yeah. he was alright. But that, that seems mental. Like, you know, yeah. did did they just go, oh, what if I need to put deep heat on myself later on in the game? Well, I'll just bring the can with me why don't. Deep, I? They didn't have deep heat back in 1987. <laughs> fair point. They fair didn't point. have deep heat then. They, Which is weird probably... because it feels like every single player playing in this game probably had loads and loads of deep heat applied to them before the game. It fe- that's all I think of when I want to think of old school rugby is just everyone having deep heat. But I wouldn't be surprised if daughter had like a VHS copy of Dirty Dancing in his sock. That would be pretty good. That would be pretty good. Or, I mean, I-, I found out that, of course, Christian Raducanu, who I did my research hmm. on, uh, when he was born, the number one film was Bonnie and Clyde. No. So, hopefully, he had a copy of that on him. I hope so. I think everyone should carry the number one film from when they're born uh, with them. Yeah, uh, on a rocky field. I once Googled it, uh, it's an unheard of a film called Congo about a giant monkey, uh, which is adapted by a book from the guy who wrote Jurassic Park, uh, Michael Crichton, which was clearly like after Jurassic Park was a big hit, they went, let's just make all these other books into films and see if they're as big. Sure. And sure. This one very much wasn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, you think, oh, King Kong, pretty big hit. Pretty let's big monkey that's just yeah, right yeah you know what one of the biggest yeah I think so I've seen very few monkeys bigger yeah yeah personally me too and did did he have a lot of feet do you reckon oh so so many so many I've seen that that tape but we'll get on to that I've seen some pretty extreme fan art yeah. um I mean we'll come look, on to that we've, we've discussed Teletubbies before we've got patreon episodes to do we'll do that's very true on, uh King kong's feet then. That's very true a nice teaser as well so, yeah, so Romania get into the opposition half and they spend it just blowing chance after chance. Yeah. At this point, it's 15 minutes left and they are 19 free down. So, 23 down. I literally wrote, mate, how are they going to lose this game? Yeah, Zimbabwe. Zimbabwe. Yeah. Then, they're so no. dominant. They're so far and away, the better team. Uh, Parashevsu, the scrum half, off the back of a scrum, they just, the number pops it up to him and he dives over for a very simple cheap try but it feels like a consolation even though I knew they went on to win this game right and I was thinking okay this is the start of the comeback but it still feels like a consolation try even after this it's still too late yeah Yeah. he scores with 12 minutes to go right isn't it mad that your eight passing to your nine is the correct way round to do that. Because for some reason, both teams were constantly trying to make back row moves work, where, you know, you get your eight to break off and your nine pops it to him. Obviously, that just means that your nine is vulnerable to have the opposition nine jump on him because the ball is out. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's almost like your eight being the guy to first distribute the ball is the much better idea. And yeah, Parashiv scores the really, really simple, soft try with a bit of a dummy and go which what he didn't even need to do and he also got injured when he scored it. Yes. Yeah. There's so many injuries picked up in the second half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone just keeps going down. Yeah. And I'm going to show you my notes on the what happened mm. immediately after that. That is just the word no. Yeah. Because what follows that is the Mega Prick goes the distance and offloads to Twarda. And the it's... Mega Prick isn't even twada at this point because it didn't have context. <laughs> it's amazing that you said Mega Prick. Because I have in my notes written, Oh my God, Stefan Constantine, the Uber Prick, with oh, the okay. burst of pace and offload. Yeah, because he is an Uber driver as well. <laughs> he is. He was the inventor of Uber yeah. back then, uh, as well as a prick. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, so Just yeah, so, so the uh, Zimbabwe kick off and there's a bit of a kind of fracas at first and somehow the ball spills out straight away, like almost straight off the kickoff. Like I'm furiously like shaking my head as you tell this story. To Stefan Constantine, the very man who twice punched the opposition prop in the face and, and got away he's still on the field. It. Yeah. And he's still on the field and has been in mad berserker mode. Right. At which point he turns into Christian Cullen. Right. And- so he has this, like, real sudden, like, genuinely incredibly impressive burst of pace, right? And it's, like, not for a second row at the time. No, no, no. He not for a second center. row. It's genuinely impressive burst of pace, yeah. right? Like, he would be incredibly quick for a lock these days. Yeah. He would be incredibly quick for any forward these days. Like, we're talking, like, like the very top end of forwards sprinting. And, yet yeah, he is this massive bastard second-row specialist who likes to punch people in malls. Yeah. And it comes out of completely nowhere. So he sprints. He then sort of begins to fade inside the fullback, draws him, and then there's this perfect, like, hung-off load. Yeah, for, you know, today who sprints it in and scores in the corner. Yeah. And suddenly you're thinking, oh, Romania are back in this. They're in this. They kick this conversion, then, you know, a try can and win it. that's right, literally, like, the phase after that first try, isn't it? Yeah. There's one phase between them. try. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's crazy. This puts the score to 17-20 to Zimbabwe and means if they kick the conversion, then a kick can win it. You know, just a penalty will do it. Oh, I was so cheering for Zimbabwe at this point. I just have written down, fuck sake. Of <laughs> course, then so, the ball falls off the kicking tee.
1: Yes. Or the, so there, the there are two
0: really interesting conversion attempts yeah. in the same corner. One that we didn't mention in the first half, and I can't believe we missed this because it was one of my favourite moments, uh, from the first try, the conversion of the first try, is Zimbabwe's score, when it's Ferreira steps up to take the conversion himself, isn't it? Yeah. So he steps up to take the kick and he launches it. He hits the far post and the ball spirals off and the referee says, no, the opposition were charging it too early, trying to oh, charge yeah, it down. yeah, of course. Have the kick again. They then show a replay from a wide shot of it and then, not two players attempt to start charging in, <laughs> and they start just as he's about to strike the ball. Yeah, they don't cross the five meter line. Yeah, it's meant and yeah, made no they call impact. it back. Yeah, no impact whatsoever. So he has another go, and he hits the other post. Yeah. So he hits both. He has two shots, and he hits either post. Yeah. It's, it's and I wild. desperately want to have a first, so he hit the crossbar. Yeah, yeah. Go free from free. I yeah. thought that was incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then you know. Ion steps up to take the conversion here in his last ten minutes. Crucial conversion. Ball falls off the tee, and he stands and looks at it. Uh, and he turns to the referee, and he continues looking at it. At which point, Zimbabwe run up, sprint up, get into the pressure. Uh, he picks the ball up. And instead of trying to drop goal, he grubbers it into touch, yeah. which I think makes it the worst attempt at goal in the history of the Rugby World right? Cup. Yeah, but he spends about ten seconds turning to the referee and saying, "Can I kick it? Yeah. Like, what do you want me to do?" And the referee's just like, "I don't know. You do what you want." At which point, Zimbabweans are all in their face. I think not being a recognised kicker he doesn't get the bucket of sand out and he doesn't yeah. go to Sandcastle. So and that's a points when Craig Brown, it. who looks like a child, is taking kicks, where you think like, Oh, that's nice, his dad's brought him a bucket of sand so he <laughs> yeah. can play for a bit. Yeah. Whereas right. yeah, Ion just places it on the floor and the ball digs his heel, obviously in, Places it, it on the floor, over. obviously it falls over. And he just stands and looks at it, he doesn't try yeah, to do yeah. yeah. the Steve Jones thing, attempting to drop goal. Yeah. He doesn't try and put it back up, nothing. He just looks just at it. it, eventually it picks it, it up, <laughs> grubbers it into touch, and does the worst shot at goal, the least accurate shot goal in the history. In the Rugby World Cup, and it's yeah. such an honour to have seen that. Yeah, 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 incredible, isn't it? If that stat gets beaten, I will be mm. impressed. Yeah, it would so basically have to be a kick going over your own posts instead he, of the opposition. He grubbers it into touch. The ball goes about two, like two meters forward. It's from not where even a drop kick. Was. No, um, no. But we'll give it to him. Sure. So the ball goes forward two meters and over the the touch line closest to him. Yeah. I think that is almost unbeatable, as yeah. you say, without someone like back-healing it over sure. the front post. Yeah, yeah. So, straight off the back of this, Romania mm. get another attack, don't they? Zimbabwe just suddenly have are panicking. They have no idea yeah. what to do. When they're getting the ball, they're kicking it, and they're not kicking it effectively. Hadorka gets the ball on the wing and does quite a smart chip kick. And mm. Zimbabwe don't call the mark, and I'm not sure if they don't know the law. Uh, I have checked. The mark law definitely did exist yes, in this World did. Cup. There was an interesting point in the previous game where one of the commentators, one of the commentators in both games is really prissy and likes to complain a lot about how rugby should be played, which apparently has just always been a thing. And he's talking about how they should ban the mark law and it only just changed it a few years earlier, so it's only in the twenty two you can call it. Right. Because okay. it used to be you could always call it if oh it's a catch. Imagine how bad that would be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, Aussie Rules style. Uh, yeah, and he sure. was saying we should have got rid of it altogether we shouldn't have the mark rule right okay yeah so they don't call the mark but the, the Romania do kick it dead and Zimbabwe tried to take it really quickly no sorry no sorry, it's not with, sorry it's not, they don't kick it dead they knock it on over the line they knock it on over for the try that is so a 22 dropout back th- then when they knock it on over the try line Romania do this planned move where mm. the Scrum half has it and everybody else is just running in random directions all <laughs> around him and then the next part of the plan is Skrumhoff doesn't tap the ball and instead passes it to Yulian Demetrius' dad, asks Zimbabwe not to tackle them, and knock it on over the try-line, with an incredibly clear run in, and just nobody marking him until eventually Brown like gets an arm on him, uh, and he knocks the ball on. It is one of the most baffling moves, and then yeah, as you say, the Zimbabwean winger gets the ball, runs up for the twenty two, takes a right. quick one, and runs into touch. Knowing that Again, Romania win it and this happens with about five minutes to play. Yeah. I thought, is that the winning try? And I laughed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was yeah, yeah, be yeah, yeah. such a shit try. It was it was a terrible move to somehow nearly work. And Zimbabwe a almost move, but even worse defense. That's like, it. Zimbabwe almost deserved to lose the game off the back of that one set alone. Yes. You know? Because they basically just leave a huge gap undefended on the Yeah, line, Exactly. And, and Romania just said, Just, say, it just don't tackle us on this one, lads. Yeah, please. Yeah, Please. so the, there's another point, so off a scrum nearish to this, where mm. Romania get a bit of a push on, and daughter just joins the scrum to turn it into a nine-man shove, which isn't allowed! I missed, I missed that. Yeah, five metres out, and they don't score from it, <laughs> and the scrum half, so so yeah, Parashiv con, like, considers also joining and making it a ten-man shove, to make it ten on eight, mm. but you just can't do that, you can't bring your wingers in to also push in a scrum, it's not a maul. <laughs> But he just doesn't know that. I've not actually put that on his error count, but I feel like I should make it twelve. He didn't get penalised for it. They just let I don't it play think on. He knew the rules? No. I genuinely don't think he knew most of the rules in the game. No he was making it up as he goes along uh, it, it was it was baffling I looked him up and I can't find much else about him other than apparently he normally played fullback which is even more even worrying because c- <laughs> yeah. like I look at Hadorka and we've we've all done this thing before and we even did it on the last episode of this podcast mm. where you go like oh yeah yeah, I saw X tier 2 or tier 3 international team play before and it's good because it makes you, you realise that I could play international rugby but like Hidoka, the way the game he had here for the, the first 75 minutes was how that that game would realistically go if you did play international yes. rugby because he yes, was dropping okay. the ball. He was running into touch. He was kicking the ball out on the fall. He was avoiding tackling the opposition number eight. Like everything was going wrong for him. And the commentators every single time he was involved <laughs> was saying, Oh, it's not been a good day for him so far. Has it? He was also quite an experienced international player at this point. Yeah. You know, like, like he must've had a lot of good games to lead up to this. Yeah. Like he'd played, you know, he played quite a lot Uh, He played in a really... Like, he scored a try against France in a really narrow loss to them. Yeah. Like, he was a good, established player for them. Yeah. And somehow, he didn't know what rugby was. Yeah. It was was bizarre. So, Zimbabwe have a bit of a counter, and you hope oh, please, I really hope they can get into the 22 and force something. There's a nice little bit of a sort of a, a bit where one of the wingers chips it along the floor a little bit. I think it's Coleback chips it along the floor a little bit. And then Longu, under no pressure, again, just hacks the ball into touch. And you think, yeah. dude, you could you could win your team what? this game. What are you doing? There's so many baffling moments from both teams in these yeah. last few minutes. But the last 10 minutes... So much happens. They're so exciting. And the, there is a lot of drama, like, even though it's all really crap rugby. As I said, I've been doing a playlist of all the games in this World Cup yeah. uh, that I'm putting together. We do have this game on it. Yeah. I would recommend maybe watching it from uh, to some of Us Try Onwards. Yes. Because the game is a bit up and down throughout. I really enjoyed it, but it is a bit crap. Yeah. But in the yeah. last 15 minutes... i say so no are one can catch. Really quite exciting Yeah, yeah. Both Zimbabwe and Romania are playing the clock and trying to make sure Romania win yeah. before all the time. But happens. the best thing is, yeah, they're both really trying to like play smart rugby, play the clock, mm. everything, play territory, and neither of them just they just don't like, know how. No, neither team knows what to do. No, to do in that situation. they're both like, really no panicking. This. Yeah, 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 Both yeah. teams are panicking like, hard. This is long before the really the the days of game management. You know, yeah. like, n- neither team knows how to close this game out. Well, like, no one knows how to set for a rock. You can see that yeah. every time anyone goes into contact. Let alone a load of drop goal, so, Boy, boy will come on to that. Oh, I know. So, yeah, so Romania have about three minutes to go when they start a pretty spectacular move from around the halfway line. And I'd like you to describe this, especially how it finishes. I can certainly describe the finish for you. I mean, mm. a lot of the build-up was mainly hands down the line. And, uh... <laughs> Oh, no. Hidorka goes the length and scores the winner, doesn't he? And it's a great finish as well. It is. This is the worst thing. He, gets, really he has two finish. men to beat. And it's the first time he commits himself to go into contact all game. Yeah. And, yeah, he steps the fullback and scores the winner. And it's mental because, obviously, I, I knew that Romania were going to go and win this game. I didn't know that that bastard was going to score the winning try. Like, so at this point you received about four or five texts just saying (laughs) no like I nearly texted you earlier in the game just saying oh my god why have they put Hadorka at 10 Uh, when we had previously had no dialogue about who the hell Hadorka is Uh, because obviously I learned about who he is watching this game and gained a narrative on him that he is like the worst rugby player ever and then he scored the winning try and it's a spectacular try. And it's brilliant. Meters, it's where, absolutely yeah, brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> and that will be the only thing. People, when people look back on his career, right, they will only see that try and his try against France and a narrow loss. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, so that's what his remember. highlights package. Yeah. Singular. <laughs> hey, there's two. Yeah. So I then have underneath that written, get fucked. Um <laughs> So, but frankly, like Romania creates so many chances in those last ten minutes that they deserve to take the three of them. They do, yeah, yeah. It's it's a real horrific bit of shit in the bed by Zimbabwe, yeah. but they, they do get another chance, Zimbabwe. They get into yeah. the twenty-two. I want to stress, right, with twelve minutes to go, Zimbabwe had twenty points to free up twenty points to, with twelve minutes to go. I thought it was twenty points to nine by that point. But, You're right, but, sorry, sorry, yeah. 20 nine. sorry twenty points. Nine. But, sorry twenty nine. Sorry, yes. That is a big lead when tries are only four points. Yep. And the kicker doesn't remember that you've actually got to strike the ball. Yeah, exactly. It makes it a pretty difficult formula to score you know. points behind. Romania miss all three of the conversions of those Yeah, those three tries. Exactly, yeah. So Zimbabwe do get one last opportunity and they do get into the mm. 22 and you feel like they could do something here. And the commentators mentioned, like, could they maybe go for a drop kick? Could they drop Brown into the pocket? He's, he's kicked some decent balls today. You don't know. And then Eric Barrett just pops up in midfield, gets yeah. slightly smother tackled and just thinks, this is where I offload to the three Romanians next to me. There is one man in space in front of him and he thinks, if I can get it to him, he is scoring, right? If he can successfully thread the ball legally between three yeah. Romanians forward to a player who dives over in the corner and beats one of those three Romanians at least, Zimbabwe will win the game. And all he thinks is Zimbabwe will win the game yeah. rather than all the other circumstances. Sure. And he offloads it forwards to a Romania it's it's not a good end to the game Romania obviously then go downfield a little bit kick the ball into touch and they win the game 21 points to 20 which is is mental I've also just Mm. clocked right now that Zimbabwe had a player on the bench called Jumbo Davidson who didn't come on yes that's incredible yes Jumbo Davidson and Keith Bell were on the bench what a time to realize that what a time to realize that but yeah I I, I, so, I was genuinely fuming after this game when that Zimbabwe had somehow gone and lost it because so, that was such a, like, such a bad performance by Romania and then such a bad end by Zimbabwe to let in 60 minutes worth of tries in about eight minutes. So as the full time whistle goes, Lorraine Constantine, the younger brother, right, yeah. the one who isn't a psychopath so much, but is just very tall. Yeah, does a super camp throwing his arms in the air celebration and turns to his brother to hug him, and Stefan Constantine just walks calmly off the pitch like about time, Vader towards the touchline, towards the tunnel, ready to go and yet yeah, eat his scrum half that he's just kidnapped. <laughs> so yeah we'll talk so obviously, the Zimbabweans are gutted. and then once again, mm. the captains and the Romanian coach get to do an interview together, which yes. is always quite a nice segment for the four minutes that uh that come after full time so the interviewer asks Romania's uh captain, so that's parashiv again uh who uh, and you know they ask him sort of well done on the victory, but probably not the performance you were after, and he just kind of goes, yeah, uh w- we want to be stronger." And then he says he's very happy, though. He, he does, does say, say he's happy, happy to get the victory, yeah. And then the their coach mm. butts in and cuts him off half through a sentence and goes, "We need to regain the strength." <laughs> Which but could be something a Bond villain says. How do they regain? The strength. Who knows? Because they immediately then go over to Zimbabwe captain Malcolm Jellico, who then... Th- th- so did you pick up on what he said? Why he, why he said they lost the game? Well, So they say, can you answer our question very quickly? And he then talks about four straight minutes. Yeah. But, so they ask him sort of, you know, so you played extremely well. How do you think you lost that? What do you take away from this game? And he sort of says, look, I'm really happy with how we played. I think the boys were brilliant. Apart from the guy who came on the centre, we, at that point... Uh, our central winger didn't know what they were doing. Once, basically, once we lost Simba, and he just uh, and he said it very calmly. He didn't say it in an angry way. He just that, you know, it's one of these things that happens. But you know, those guys didn't really know what they're doing. There's a bit of a disconnect there. Uh, you know, it's a shame, but you know, that's how we lost the game. And he answered it incredibly literally and incredibly honestly how he feels they lost the game. So he feels that the, the, the Romanian tries or breaks were scored because the guy who came on the centre for Simba they hadn't prepared for that, and he didn't know what he was doing. So I listened to that, and I didn't pick up on it. I listened to his interview. Yeah. I didn't pick up on that at all. Yeah. Andre Boutendag was the player who came on for him and has been checked under the bus. Yeah. uh, And is currently lying there somewhere, roadkill somewhere in Auckland. Yeah. Uh, And yeah, his his captain just dobbed him in and basically said, like... He didn't say it in a harsh, malicious way. Sure. It was just kind of the way of, like, it's not his fault, but he didn't know what he was doing. And he said, yeah, there was a disconnect between a centre and a winger. And he he name-dropped those two players rather than just saying, oh, defensively, we were a little bit uh, shell-shocked towards the end. Because you can sugarcoat those things uh, in an interview. But I suppose there's no media training back then. Exactly. So what you had to do was answer the question, honestly... And tell them that your teammates are shit. Exactly. And say, like, those tries were can maybe you... these guys' fault. That's a shame. Can you imagine Sergio Parisse playing in this era? <laughs> yeah, exactly. He would have said Grizzlies should go and get shot. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he also would have been so completely dominant. It would have been great. I say dominant okay. because he can catch a ball. Exactly. He can catch a ball and he can kick a ball as well. So that's the perfect recipe for a 1980s rugby player. Uh, should we do Man of the Match and Dick of the Day? I think we should. I think we should. And you might have just changed my dick of the day. Okay, okay. Who, who did you have written down? Well, hold on. No, because Parashevsky, being the captain, and no, sorry, not, uh, sorry, Jellicoe, Jellico, yeah. the Zimbabwean half, being the captain and saying these two players are shite and the sole reason we lost the game. It wasn't quite was like that, but... Is, that, is, that was his exact words. Okay, yeah, write. sorry, it was. Is such a dick move that you can't help but nominate him as the dick of the day. Sure. I was kind of torn between, so my my dick of the day and man of the match. I was torn between the same two players. Okay. Okay. Who are Stefan Constantin? Okay. Who I thought was exceptional, but also punched the guy in the face twice <laughs> He's for also no reason. A and Rich Tuzumber, who yeah. I thought was exceptional, but also injured himself yeah. celebrating <laughs> scoring a try. So am I right in thinking one of these is your man of the match and the other one's Dick of the Day? Yes, and I haven't quite worked out which one. I think I'm going to go Richard Sumber as Dick of the Day and Stefan Constantine as man of the match because of who won in the end. Yeah, being your team's best player and injuring yourself by doing an extravagant dive for a run-in is pretty bad. So I get that. So you're saying Constantine's man of the match? yes I thought he was Romania's best player for me okay and whoa, <laughs> was also a massive prick yeah and sometimes that helps in the second row sure and also being inexplicably the quickest man in Romania sure probably helps even further yeah I yeah. genuinely think he was quicker than the wingers yeah yeah I mean one of the wings was, was um, Hadorka and the other one was Marine uh, and those whoever else yeah, Marine didn't was. have a leg though yeah he was a small child without a leg yeah let him go so speaking of those two they're both in my nominations for Dick of the Day mm-hmm. so Marine for his trying to avoid contacts every time he got the ball uh, in the first 10 minutes and then getting injured is pretty bad. But then obviously getting replaced by Hadorka obviously will overshadow you considering he did 11 shit things excluding the joining in the scrum as well. So you could put that as 12 Simba is going to be lucky to avoid this for me because, as I say, that's pretty bad. But I've got to give it to Hadorka; He's absolutely my dick of the day. And I think I've known this since about the 20th minute in the game. But I've had it in for him, man. Like, (laughs) yeah, he he screwed up. Live you, Hadorka, dick of the day. Man of the match is difficult because Mm. I don't think any of the Romanian players deserve to be man of the match for me. So for me, it was between Richard Simba... And uh, Mark Neal. Yeah. So Neal, I think, had a good game, and like Mark Neal very good. I know that the standard was very low, but he did just look like a proper number eight, knew how to carry the ball, yeah. used his size to his advantage pretty well. So I, I attempted to say him, but g- given you've not gone Simba as your man of the match, I'm gonna I'm gonna take him as my man of the match. I think he was excellent. I I cannot really disagree with that. We've got things bubbling along nicely. That was yeah. the second game. Of the Rugby World Cup of 1987. In real time, we've been talking for an hour and 40 minutes about this. Thank you. We'll, we'll see if uh, by the time we move on and we're done, we hear the but, dimes, bimes, bells chime yeah, yeah. again. Which is, but to say we're talking about Romania against Zimbabwe, this is one of our longest episodes. <laughs> yeah. So it should 87, be. We yeah. were, yeah, pretty hyped for this game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so we will be back in a few days' time with another episode which will be on the third game yes which was Australia against England that's quite uh, a big that's a step up from what we've had so far massive step up got to kind of prepare ourselves step up and um am I uh, right in thinking we uh, have a, a one of those one of those guests on this we episode? do all being well we should be joined by Connor from Wibble Rugby if anyone uh, wants to visit the YouTube uh, you can find or Rugby, they're very, very good. Genuinely professional analysis. Yeah. in The way I just make it up as a. The around. reason why we got him on 1987 is so he can't school us both for genuinely being a good analyst because he is. When I suggested it to him, he did think it sounded very, very funny to try and do analysis on 1987. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And boy, is it so. Yeah. That, no, that's exciting. Obviously, he, he collar's brilliant. So um, yeah. excited to have him on here. And we've got you know a, a lineup of a few more good guests coming yeah. after that. Yeah. Yeah, we do. So that should be quite exciting. We've got plenty more coming over the course of the next few episodes. I apologise again if I have been echoey over the course of this. And I also want to apologise, actually. Someone on Reddit made the point that we had... Uh, they listened to an old episode in which we talked about Zach Guilford of the 2011 podcast. Right. And pointed out there were jokes we'd made about his alcoholism that stepped over a line. And I okay. went back and listened. And I think like they're entirely correct. Okay. And I want to make a proper like apology for that. Yeah. Sometimes... It's too easy to lean on a cheap joke when you're recording something like this in the spur of the moment. Yeah. Uh, that wasn't right. I apologise. Um, Likewise, as well, that I'm aware I, I probably have made jokes about that before, which yeah. are uh, out of line. And it was it was dumb. It was stupid. Yeah. And it's something I'm just going to have to, you know, recognise was the case. I'm intending to go and put a an apology, a sort of note of it in the episode description yeah. uh, for that episode. And yes, and I want to, you know, extend that and take responsibility for that, because that was that was on me. It was me leaning on a stupid joke rather than thinking. And I want to make sure, you know, I, yourself, you know, both of us what will utmost yeah. to bear that in mind and not do that again. Of course. And yeah, thank you. To- I'm sorry I don't have the name to hand for, for pointing that out to me. Yeah. And you know, making me more aware of, of of that. So yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you very much to listen for to listening for yeah. doing uh, yourself. Thanks for listening to two lads talk about a rugby game from 30 years ago. Yep. Yeah. Um, thank you to you for being a lad who would talk about a rugby game from Thanks, 30 man. years ago. Likewise. And I'd also like to thank Stefan Constantin for the entertainment. <laughs> yes. And also for sparing me from his dungeon tonight. I really very much hope he is well. We've got more of Romania coming up in this World Cup as well, which I'm quite excited about. So there's loads more coming up. There's going to be loads more stuff. Rugby, rugby, rugby. Please join us in a few days' time for Australia against England with Connor. We'll see you then. Thank you very much, everybody. Goodbye. Bye.